Hi there, and welcome home to the Two Story Podcast. I'm your host, Elena, and today I'll be talking with real estate agent and Rookie of the Year Award recipient, Ms. Tashia Lewis. Tashia grew up in Lafayette, Louisiana with her siblings and parents. She's a mother of two, a son and a daughter, and she told me that they are her pride and joy. Before real estate, Tashia was in marketing for over 10 years and at the start of the COVID pandemic, decided that it was time to change things up and begin studying for her real estate exam. She passed the test in late 2020, joined Keller Williams in November 2020, and the rest is history. In this episode, we talk about Tashia's life growing up, her choice to go into real estate, and her big why that keeps her going every day. I hope you love this episode as much as I loved chatting with Tashia. Let's get started. Okay, so my first question is, where were you born and what was life like for you growing up? So, I was born in Lafayette, Louisiana. My family is from Youngsville. My mom's family is from Youngsville. My dad's family is from St. Martinville. So I spent my childhood between both parishes, St. Martin Parish and Lafayette Parish. Um, Yeah. Life growing up, I have three siblings, two sisters, and a brother. And then my mom and dad. You know, it was was a simple, simple childhood. Mm. Dad was a little protective of us. But other than that, life was okay. It was good. Okay. It was average. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about mine. It's like, you know. It wasn't nothing to hoop and holler about. But looking back on it, I mean, I did have really good, you know. A decent childhood. Yeah, it's like you look back and, okay, we were middle class. We, mm-hmm. I, I never really wanted for anything, but I didn't, like, I didn't get a brand new car when I graduated from right. high school, that kind of thing. I had everything that I needed. Yeah. Not, maybe not everything that I wanted, but everything that I needed. And, you know, parents are good at knowing mm-hmm. what you need and what you want. Yes. <laughs> they yes. keep you on that line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want it a lot. But oh, I didn't yeah. get a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yes. two follow-up questions. What's the order of you and your siblings? So are you the oldest? So I'm the oldest. Um, and then I have my sister who is almost four years younger than me. And then my youngest sister just turned 43. And, and then my brother is going to be... 40 next weekend, my young, wow. the baby of the family. Yeah. Yeah. I had two younger brothers growing up, so it's, mm-hmm. I, I always wished for a sister, mm-hmm. but when I hear about sisters, I'm like, oh do I want God. that? <laughs> I would see pictures of her and of them, and they would have my shirt on, and I'm like, <laughs> like they were out with their friends, or just, I'm like, you didn't even ask me if you could borrow. Take it off. Mm-hmm. It's mine. Take it off. <laughs> Next time you have to ask first. Mm-hmm. I see TikToks of girls these days that have <laughs> sisters, and they're like, I'm going in her room, and I'm going to see which pieces of clothes in her closet are actually mine, and I'm going to take them back. <laughs> so they go shopping in their own sister's closet. That's yeah. how it was. I can see myself doing that for sure. <laughs> um, second follow-up question, what did your parents do for work? So my dad was a meat cutter for Winn-Dixie. Mm-hmm. And up until he passed away in 2016, he, my dad stayed 
with Winn-Dixie for 42 years. Wow. That was his first job and his only job. I mean, he had little side jobs on the sure. side, but his first job was Winn-Dixie, and he stayed there for 42 years. Um, mom was, when Fruit of the Loom plant was in St. Martin Parish, mm-hmm. mom worked there for 22 years. After they shut down, she just kind of, um, she had other jobs, and then when her sister opened a janitorial business, she worked, helped her sister build the business. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Wow. The 42 years has just blown me away. 42 years, yes. I mean. You don't I, see that these days. No, not at all. And then when he left, when Dixie, because he passed away in 2016, so he was at Rouse's for two years doing the same thing. So he retired from Winn-Dixie and then got on with Rouse's and he was there for like two and a half years. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes, That's yes. good people. Yes. You know, the, he was, the people that stick He loved around. his job, you know. He, yeah. he really loved what he did. I can't say the same. I love my job now, but I'm, I can't say that I love what I did for the last 30 years. Yeah, I can't say that I would have stuck around at my first job. You know, I worked at the cart ranch in high school and like, sure, it's a cool place, but my first job was when Dixie because he got me hired on (laughs) and I did not stay there. I worked there in high school and I probably stayed there like three years and then left. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what would you say is your favorite memory with your dad? So... I mean, we had a bunch of great memories. My dad was a family man. He really enjoyed his family. His family, other than God, his family came second to none. And it's, that's just what, he had three daughters, so he really yeah. had to be <laughs> on top of things. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. We, um, and the, he spoiled me, and he spoiled my kids as well, too. Mm. And you met my son just a minute ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's such a nice guy. He is. He oh, is. my gosh. He is. We talked about a couple of things, like the rain and <laughs> how I had no shoes on. And I had to explain why I didn't have any. He's like, yeah, we saw you. Yeah. He's like, okay, so my apologies that you met me barefooted. <laughs> I didn't even notice, but he pays attention to everything. He's... um He's been in California, I would say. He left in 2012, and he's still gone. He had um, he was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. He stayed there in the Air Force probably, what, like eight years. So about two years ago, he got out. He met a girl from Cali. He married a girl from Cali. Wow. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Uh-huh. So that's where he's at now. That's cool. Yeah. My younger brother was in the Navy. He got out, I think, less than six months ago. And they ended up in California, really? too. But he's back here now. But that was where they landed and where he stayed to finish mm-hmm. out after he... Because they go on this world tour, round yeah. tour, mm-hmm. and they see everything. And they land in California. Really? What part? Um, gosh, that's a great question. When you said Sacramento, that sounded familiar, and that was what kind of jogged the memory mm-hmm. for me. But I don't know if they would have the Navy and the Air Force Base in the same city. They may in Beale, um, Sacramento, because he was it was Beale's Air Force Base. But mm-hmm. I think it might have been 
it might be maybe so different armed forces yeah so. i'm not super familiar with it right. i was like have fun have a good time. <laughs> so he's back here now yeah he wants to come back home oh yeah, yeah. i mean i always say that i don't want to live in louisiana and my thing is like i don't want to raise my kids in louisiana mm-hmm. but i everybody who leaves that is from here is like uh-huh. i want to move back home right and i i guess i don't get it because i haven't not lived here right so and you see for him he wants to raise his kids closer closer to the family yeah and closer to the south he just said like inflation is just terrible oh my gosh in california California, especially yeah i could see that being a thing Mm -hmm. i mean i want to live in like tennessee or utah Mm -hmm. like out in the country you know Mm -hmm. but in the mountains yes in the mountains (laughs) But inflation, I guess, really yeah. anywhere, even here, is pretty crazy right well, now. Well, he did tell me this morning that um, in some parts of California that the gas prices was a little bit over eight, $8 a oh gallon. Oh, gosh. That's, I have a friend who lives in Washington, and I think she said it's like six fifty mm-hmm. something crazy. She's like, I'm so glad I'm coming to visit you guys in the summer because I'm going to pay four fifty for gas. Yes. Okay, I guess the grass is always greener. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, so my next question is um, actually regarding your kids. So um, tell me more about, you know, when you had them and what your experience was raising young kids as, you know, a mom and then what your favorite part of being a mom is. So I had my son young. He, I was 18 when I got pregnant and had him at 19. And I married his father maybe when he was a year old, year and a half. So I was a young mom, a young wife. And then I had Kennedy, my 25 year old, when she, when I was, I think, 23. Mm. So, and I was married 19 years, divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but as a young mom, I mean, I did what I had to do mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And, and you always wonder, like, did I do it right? Because I was so young. But now, getting the feedback from him, oh my God, it was so nice. It was so great. It was this, it was that. My childhood was wonderful. Yeah, so that makes me feel good. Yeah, that yeah. makes it all worth it at mm-hmm. that point to yeah. know. Yeah, that's, I don't have kids, but for me, when I think about having kids, I think about, okay, what's the legacy that I'm going to get to leave with my right. kids? Because let's be honest, all of us don't know what's going to happen when we're gone. And so for me, I just think, all I all I really know that is going to happen is I'm going to leave something, something. with my kids. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's important for that to be positive and right. a good childhood because I I had a good childhood and I went through my parents' divorce at 14 and mm-hmm. that was a struggle for me. Yeah, and so I think okay, even if something like that happens, I still want to use it to better, right. you know, whatever. I mean, divorce 
divorced parents for me is like, okay, well, that's a lesson that I learned and you can right. take something away from mm-hmm. that. It's not necessarily all negative. Right. And you see, when I, when their dad and I divorced, he was already gone mm-hmm. for off with his career in um, the Air Force. And Kennedy was 16, so she really felt it like right. you did at 14. Right. So, but she's still okay. And I think for me, most of my uh, struggle with it was that I had my two younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So I was 14, but my younger brother was, um, I think he was eight when they split up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when your parents aren't living together, whether you're at one or the other, there's only one adult figure, so right. you kind of have to step in and take mm-hmm. on that other parent's role. Right. And not to say that it was easier on your daughter in any way, but it, for me, it's interesting to think what would it have been like if it had just been me. Right. Or if they had waited until, I mean, waited is such a, you know, thro- I don't want to throw that word around. Right. They waited long enough, right, so like right, I can't right. imagine them waiting until my youngest brother was out right. of school. But um, that's that's always interesting to me to see how things like that affect relationships and life experiences. Right, so. right. Um, it was rough at first, but I mean, I'm not gonna say like I. I'm glad I did it because it it's unfortunate that it had to happen, but I'm grateful that it did because for so long, from the moment I was 19 until I was almost 40, it was it was like everything that I did, it was about others and not for me, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So after we divorced and Kennedy graduated high school and went off to, well, first she did National Guard and then she went to UL, graduated in 2019, and she got accepted into law school in the fall wow. of this year. Um, but everything that I did was always for... I felt like I was always the wife and the mother mm. and not me. Me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm me. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think anyone necessarily like wants to go through a divorce and have that situation. But if you actually go through with the process of getting divorced, I feel like at the end you're allowed to be like, I'm glad it happened. Because yes. you wouldn't have gone through the entire process if it wasn't something that meant right. something to you. Right. Right. So, very interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so, I no know. Regrets. Yeah. No regrets at all. Listen, at all. we can't have regrets. All, all no. we can have is hope for the future because mm-hmm. the past is in the past. Yes. That's, I mean, that's my opinion. Right. Um, so, I've only known you in terms of real estate, and you've been here for a year and a half now? A year and a half. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you've had so much life experience before that. What were you doing before you got into real estate? So before I got into real estate, I did marketing. Mm. I I was a marketing consultant for, like, a lot of local businesses around here, and I just... 
help people build their business. And I did marketing, whether it was radio, direct mail, um, print. Yeah, radio, direct mail, print, and digital marketing. Yeah. So, and that came in handy with mm-hmm. real estate as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, because I knew the power of all forms of marketing. Yeah, I see yeah. you posting, and you you mm-hmm. always have really good posts out there. Mm-hmm. I um. So, have you been doing that since? Like, did you go to college for that? Have you been mm-hmm. doing that since then, or? What was that? I, I did. Like? I probably I did marketing what for ten years. Wow. And um, so you've been through it all. Yes. I mean, all the social media changes. Yes, all of it. All of it. Wow. So I know that digital marketing is probably one of the most powerful forms of marketing. Mm-hmm. And I just try to stay consistent with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really all you can do, and I, you know. I don't have this written, but one of my questions that I thought of was, oh, what's your number one tip for people who are doing digital marketing? But, I mean, really all I hear you just is have to just be stay consistent. consistent. Yeah, you have to stay top of the mind. And that's really tough for me and with this podcast is staying consistent because mm-hmm. um, when I was posting weekly for the episodes, I was posting daily on social mm-hmm. media. And that gets exhausting, it really putting is. all those posts together and thinking like, okay, what do I want my... Because I'm only posting once a week. Right. So for me, it's, okay, I post my new episode on Monday. And then I wasn't really getting any traction. So I talked to Danielle, Lance's wife, about... Because she's in social media. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do I do? Like, I feel like I don't get any traction. She's like, you got to post every day. Every day. Every single day. And even if it's just... You can post about that, but, you know, like going into bold, they even gave like pointers, um, Flint gave pointers in bold, and he was like, you want a good mix of stuff, Mm. you know, you want to be relatable, so you want people to see that, you know, you are um, a daughter in your case, Mm. uh, a friend, you want people to see that you have a life outside of work. And then you throw in a little bit of work, and then maybe you could throw in a little bit of community service and share a few posts. So you're just supposed to have a good, a really good mix of stuff. That's a good point. Because mm-hmm. I never, I, you know, I never think that people are listening to this for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you? You know, but in reality, even without me in the picture, it's how do I, how do I show people that an episode about you can mm-hmm. bring them value. Right. I mean, I remember when I thought of this uh, idea for the podcast, I was in an ALC meeting and I thought new agents need to hear these stories from mm-hmm. these top producers cuz they think they're up here. Right. And they started with 10 clients ready to write a yes. contract. And yeah. that's just not true. Right. I mean, I don't think that I've met anyone yet that walks in and says, okay, I have four deals that are ready to go. My buyers are cash buyers, and Mm -hmm. they found their perfect house. Let's do this thing. It's it's not easy, but it's worth it. Oh, yeah. It's worth it. It is. So leads into my next question. So how did you choose real estate? How did you come into that world? (laughs) so funny. And why did you choose KW? (laughs) 
Um, I couldn't go anywhere else besides KW because honestly, Dennis harassed me. Dennis. <laughs> for like five or six years. And he would call me consistently in like for five or six years. Hey, when you come and make that real money with me, mm. you need to come. And I would give him every excuse in the book on mm -hmm. why I couldn't do real estate. Mm. And at the time there was someone that I knew that someone that I knew that came into real estate and it took her a while and I'm like are you crazy you think I'm gonna lose everything and I have mm -hmm. going into real estate I'm looking at this girl and she ain't making no money and he's like I need you to forget that girl because she's not you Mm. And he said, you have the personality, you know, um, you have a huge sphere, you know everybody, you never meet a stranger. So he said, I need you to not focus on that part of it. Yeah. And I would say I started real estate, I had gotten laid off in 2018, not even 2018, 2017, 2018. And... I started real estate and then the job recruited me and I let go of real estate yeah. and took the job. And then when the pandemic came, it happened, what, 2020? Mm -hmm. And we were working remotely and I was like, you know, now would be a good time to do this real estate thing Yeah. while I'm at home and could possibly, that could possibly be my backup plan because... Right. Business, I was in marketing, so business could be slowing down, you know, all this stuff. So I needed to have that backup plan, and I did it in 2020 and have not looked back since. I know. Ugh. <laughs> oh, such good times. <laughs> you must have joined us when we were in the old building, mm -mm. right? We were here the whole time? Yeah, we were here. Oh my but gosh. it was the end of 2020. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think y'all have been in this building long. No, we moved in in um, August. Okay. August, September of 2020. So I came in November, December. Okay. Of 2020. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Like I think of being in the old building as so long ago, but it really wasn't even no. two years. Because when I met Dennis, um, Dennis was my realtor, we sold my house, um, I downsized. In 2016, we listed the house, was it 2016? Yeah, 2016, we listed the house, we sold the house in 2017. The end of 2016, we listed my house, sold it in 2017. And then I moved into an apartment, um, and I got real irritated fast because I'm not used to living oh, in close proximity. Yeah. With, you know, like people and same neighbors. Same somebody above yeah. me, somebody below me, on the side of me. So probably seven months into my lease, I called Dennis back and I was like, hey, listen, I can't do this. We yeah. need to find me something. He's like, don't you still, Mr. Shea, you only been in there like seven months. Didn't you sign a lease? Listen, I don't even care at this point. I'm going to pay the buyout. But we need to find me a house. Figure it out, Dennis. We got to figure it out, Dennis. <laughs> and so that we ended up, I ended up purchasing 
2018. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, Dennis and, and his And he has huh? harassed me. <laughs> he harassed me. He's good at that. He really is. But, you know, he wouldn't be who he is if he wasn't good at it. it right, so. right, right. Some call it harassment. Some call it good follow-up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> he would call it good follow-up. Yeah, he would. <laughs> and we became friends. And it's since, what, it was, yeah, we met in 2016 and we've been friends since. Dennis is great. He really is. He's just one of my favorites. So, speaking of Dennis, how many times did it take you to pass the real estate exam? <laughs> <laughs> So it was so funny because I took the exam. No judgment, by the way, because it took me a couple times. No, listen. No, this is crazy. I get there. My anxiety was at an all-time high. Yeah. Palm sweating. (laughs) It's sweating. Everything's sweating. Everything's sweating. (laughs) And... I took the national part, freaking out. Like, I couldn't. And I ended up timing out of the test. Mm. It happens. <laughs> I timed out of the test. I'm, I didn't answer 15 questions on the test. Wow. I missed passing by three points. So my kids was like, oh, my God, Mom, you could have just put anything. Yeah, just put C for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> But it was fine, and then I flew through the um, the state portion of it. Yeah. Missed about three points, went back two weeks later, passed it with flying colors, mm-hmm. because I knew what to expect at this right. point. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, uh, it was stressful. Oh, yeah. The state, to me, was easier, too. Yes, the state was easier. And the national was more difficult. I missed the national by one point, and I passed the state, and then I went back, and I was I was frustrated at that point because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm only getting this license because Lance told me to, and I only want to get referrals. I'm not in it to sell real right, estate. Right. And I'm like, I paid eighty bucks to come take it the first time. I got to pay another eighty bucks to come take, take it another it time. Yes. Regardless of the fact that I passed a half of it, you mm-hmm. know, they're not going to give me a half discount, but no. okay. Um, and I thankfully passed the national by one point that time. So mm-hmm. I got real, real lucky. Um, but yeah, it's not easy. It right. is not easy. It, it wasn't. I felt like it was on some of the questions. It was kind of to trip you up a little bit. And it's so funny because you studied all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't even apply it. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. That was something I was going to say. Like, it's it has nothing to do with selling real estate. No. I think it's just it's like a CYA kind yeah. of thing. Like, okay, we told you this. So mm-hmm. if you don't know it, then that's on you. Like, right. if, if you don't, if you didn't memorize the laws and the bylaws, then that's on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, real estate. I'm happy. I'm happy with it, though. I'm happy. You're happy. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you won Rookie of the Year in your very first year, yes. which is a wonderful, wonderful thing to accomplish right. in real estate in this market, in this company with mm-hmm. as many agents and as many uh, new hungry people that sign on. So right. what do you think most contributed to you being able to kind of just rise above the rest 
So I'm going to be honest with you. Um, going in, my mindset was this has to work mm. because I'm not going back to marketing. I'm not going to work anywhere else. This has to work. Yeah. And I would tell Dennis that all the time. I, like, it has to work. I, I And he's like, stop stressing. Don't stress. It's going <laughs> to be okay. And I'm like, I'm not the anxiety of just trying to juggle it all and get the business. But I would always tell him this has to work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not running. I'm not one of them that's going to be here be here today and gone tomorrow. This is a lifestyle for me. I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Mm. This is what it is. And that's what I put in my mind. So whatever I needed to do to be able to maintain from here on out, because I'm divorced, Mm. I take care of myself. So whatever I needed to do to maintain um, my business and maintain the lifestyle, and I did it. And I couldn't run. I wasn't running. Yeah. I was gonna stand there and just fight it out. Yeah. And I did it. So that's awesome. Yes, yes. So starting off, I know you mentioned that you had a pretty large sphere. So what would you say was your trick to I mean trick is not the right word for it, but um what was your tactic on using your sphere to your benefit? Because, like I said, you don't walk in and say, I have four buyers that are ready to go under no. contract. How did you take advantage of the fact that you had a large sphere to gain that business? So I just... I did social media before. But I never did it to the degree. It was strictly maybe entertainment every now and then. It wasn't everything to me. But again, because I have the marketing background, I know the power of it. Mm -hmm. So I just put it out there. Um, (laughs) And I would, at first, I was a little bit like leery on putting my cell phone number and everything on social media. And Dennis, I was like, Dennis, I don't know. I don't know if I want to put my cell phone number out there. He said, no, if there's a creep that call you, you can block it. You can unfriend them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all the friend requests that you're getting, accept it. If you get start getting real random calls, block them. He mm-hmm. said, you, you have the power over all that stuff. And it's true. And I, I was wor- I was hung up on that. Mm-hmm. But then after I let that part of it go, I just put it out there. And I spoke to everybody that I met. That mm-hmm. I did real estate. This is what I do now. Um, so would you say that most of your clients reached out on social media? Or was it a phone call, a text message? Um, it... A good bit of it came from social media. You know, like they would inbox me, hey, I want a house, this is my goals. Um, Can you call me? Can you help me through the process? I was like, checkmate. (laughs) Yeah. Because I knew once I got on the phone with them. Right, of course. Or, you know, so it was, that's kind of how it went. I mean, 
going into it now, going into my second year, I know that if I want to do more, um, I have to get creative, especially in this market with the rising interest rates and everything. So now I've been door knocking. Um, uh, This just this week, I'm sent out mailers. I'm on my uh, social media a little bit more, just kind of being um, a source of information. Yeah. Sharing a wealth of knowledge for um, people that just doesn't know the process. You yeah. Know? We were just talking about that this morning in the staff meeting. Someone said, I saw a post somewhere that someone said that their interest rate was 8%. And, you know, not that that's necessarily true or there are these circumstances surrounding it. But when people see that, they get discouraged from buying real estate. Right. And social media is, you know, especially after COVID, everyone is, I, I too, I was on my phone so much mm-hmm. on social media during COVID that now it's, it's ingrained in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like that's most of my life is spent right. on there. And most of my connections with other people are through social media. So for me, um, knowing what I know about myself, if I saw someone say I got an 8% interest rate on my house being in real estate is a little different but that's what i know and i know these people right so and and for what i'm told to combat that is the two percent or the two point some percent that they were interest rate that they were getting last year Mm. that was just that wasn't the norm Listen, you're lucky if you got a 2 or 3% interest rate last year. And the fact that you got an an 8% interest rate, I think that's on you. Because right. your credit score was probably not great. Right. And you probably didn't have the cash to buy right. down the rate, points right. or whatever. Yeah. And so for me, seeing that, it's like, this is misinformation. And if this is what they're seeing... And there's no one out there to be the source of information mm-hmm. and to be the expert. Then all they're going to see are those things. And being in real estate myself, I see more of the educational posts right. than most. And I think it's really important that you do things like that. And you yes. establish yourself as an expert and mm-hmm. you say, okay, I'm the market expert here. Right. So-and-so got an 8% interest rate, but I know what I'm talking about. And if you want to do business with me... I can figure it out. Maybe they didn't have an agent. Who right. Knows? So the girl that I closed on had a closing today. And she reached out to me a little bit over a year ago. Wow. Um, the credit wasn't where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. But she understood that. Um, and she wanted to know what she needed to do in order to be able to get a home either at the end of 2021 or 2022 she listened i got her with a lender she listened to his recommendations she closed on the house today a four bedroom two and a half bath home wow and this was a mom with credit issues just a year ago yeah and she listened it's how bad you want it yeah you know so i saw one of rob's posts earlier today he said um Something about I've, I've sold houses and this and this and this. 
and I'm going to keep doing it because home ownership is for everyone. Right. And that to me was so powerful, especially with like Rob and him working in Opelousas. Yes. And even in South Louisiana, we we aren't necessarily known for buying like luxury properties. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's important to pass on that knowledge of anyone can buy it can a be home. done it's, it's just educating yeah the community if you're renting a house for two grand a month you can afford to buy a house absolutely and it takes a little bit of a hustle and it takes some struggle mm-hmm. and once you realize that it's doable and there are people like you that educate others on this is doable for you yes. you just have to do the work right I mean, it's amazing, the yes. the lives that you can change, especially in this market. And that's why I get my most, re- I mean, granted, we all need to make a living, mm-hmm. and that's great, but that's what's most rewarding for me, is helping people achieve their goals, you know, and educating them, because there's a lot of people that don't know the first step to getting a home. Yeah. They, they don't know what to do to get their credit where it needs to be, they don't you know, so they look at it like it's just, there's no way, it's impossible. Yeah. And just a simple conversation with a great lender and somebody that's willing to work and get that client, get the buyer where he or she needs to be, mm-hmm. and we make it happen. It might not happen overnight, but it could happen in six months. Yeah. It could happen in a year. And like this lady today, it happened in a little over a year, but she got it. She got it, and it's possible, mm-hmm. and it probably wasn't something that was on her radar over no. a year ago. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able and to do this. And she was a referral from someone else. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's the good stuff, yes. right? It's like, yeah. oh, that's, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Um, okay, so... Speaking of what gives you joy and why you do this, a more generalized question would be, what's your big why behind staying in real estate, behind staying here? I mean, there are... A legacy. Hmm. Simple. When, I, when I'm gone, I want to leave my children in a garden and not in the mud. Hmm. That's, that's that. That's so sweet. Yes. Not in the mud. We, we don't do mud. We do gardens. We play with roses. We frolic in daisies all day long. We don't <laughs> play in manure and mud. <laughs> I love that analogy. And it's yeah. it's interesting to think, let me leave a legacy of not just, I mean, leaving a legacy of wealth and things mm. for them to have is great. And... Holding on to like a positive mindset and being in a place where you're happy and you're changing lives and you're able to, you know, use that to further other Mm -hmm. people. I think that's arguably more important than leaving any amount of inheritance to a child, you know. And and yes, it's not an easy career, but it allows me the flexibility to be able to... You know, like I said, I lost my dad in 2016. But then I have my mom. I can spend the time with my mom. Mm. I can, if she needs to go to a doctor's visit or an eye appointment, or I just make my schedule around 
what my family needs. Yeah. You know, I, I can be there for her. Not to mention I bought a house two, min- two minutes around the corner from the shows. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the time in the world to spend yes, with her. Yes, I have all the time in the world. Yeah. So spending time with family brings me joy. And just doing what I love and helping other people, it just brings me joy. Yeah, I love that. I hear that from most real estate agents that I speak to is that helping other people is really important to them. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes me wonder if that's the case for most people. And we just, some people just don't realize it, but for me too, I mean, helping the agents when I was here and helping NCAs now. And not to mention you did an amazing job. Oh, just being there for us. Oh boy. And that (laughs) was one of my greatest joys. So much. Oh, I miss you guys too. I miss you too. (laughs) We miss you so much. But that, I, I mean, Again, is one that was one of my greatest joys was just having someone walk in through this door right here in this room and uh-huh. say something like, you know, I'm just I'm not having a great day. I ran into whatever. I lost a, a deal, deal. Whatever yes, it happens. And it's like that. And being that source of that really sucks. Like just the empathy. And it, and it makes a difference in for me. The culture here is everything. Like, I can call anybody at this point. If I'm having a problem, I've called. I've cried on the phone with Dawn Foreman when I lost the deal. Yeah. I have um, leaned on just, especially Dennis, he'd be like, take your emotions out of it. (laughs) This shit is going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's just everybody is willing to help, you know. I love it. Lance is amazing. Uh, when Renee was here, she, Renee, is just... A rock star. She really is. Yeah. She really is. Um, and even, like, the new people, like Sarah, uh, Miriam, everybody's everybody's great. Mm-hmm. Um, they fit the culture. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not saying every day is rainbows and sunshine, but... Every day I know that if I have an issue, I can pick up that phone and call my TC. I can call my mentor. He's no longer my mentor, but he's still my mentor. You know, mm-hmm. I share office with Michaela. She's amazing. Oh, she is. She really is. Um, just anybody. I can call them, and they will be willing to help you get through whatever. I'm 48 years old. I've been in the workforce it's not like that everywhere. It's not this, yeah. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. This culture is different from a lot of other places. So, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, I, I agree. And it translates over to where I'm at now. I was telling someone about something the other day and I, man, who was it? I said something like, I just, I mean, I love working for corporate. It's great. Like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy my corporate job. And they were like, what? No one enjoys corporate. (laughs) And I said, I I don't know. It's just like here. They care about your growth and they care about moving you on to next and finding something that's really important to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, they care about me doing what I like more than keeping me in a certain position or in Mm -hmm. one place. They want to make sure that I'm doing things that I enjoy rather than having me log in and get mm-hmm. the numbers and the goals met. And you all know? the way from the top. Like, I've called, freaked out, and I've called JD, and he's answered. Mm-hmm. And he's given me, like, 
sound advice on how to make something work. Yeah. You know, so it, Deb, everybody, everybody, everybody's just amazing here. Yeah, and I know that if, you know, you called he, Renee, even today in the position that he's in, he, he would really answer. He really would. He would. I need to call him when we get out of here because I need him to sneak he's me into something. He's such an amazing guy. He, really <laughs> he is. He's a mess, but he's a good guy. <laughs> I remember when he first joined us, it was, I think, November of 2019. So it was right before COVID. And I had so many conversations with Lance, and I said, this guy is too much for us. <laughs> this is way too much. Lance, I don't know what you're going to do. I mean, I know you hired the guy. Mm-hmm. But, man, I don't, I don't know that this is working out because he's so um, – at the time, he was so boisterous, and um, we didn't understand his why, and we didn't mm-hmm. understand – who he was really Mm -hmm. but once you get to know him when we hit the mark where we were in this new building it was like listen renee's kind of weird sometimes but we're gonna let it slide because we love him it's so funny because my brother last year last june yeah he got into a terrible car accident he was hospitalized for probably a month and a half oh my goodness and I came in one morning. It was the weekend after his accident. I probably came into the office. Might have been like the Tuesday or the Wednesday. And I was sitting in my office and I was kind of teary eyed and crying. And he popped his head. Hey, are you okay? And I was like, Yeah, I'm fine. I said, I'm just, I'm sad. My brother got into this terrible car accident. He has a new baby. The baby was, what, uh, like three months old. Oh, tea tiny. He, he broke his, his jaw was shattered. Oh. His tailbone was messed up. Mm. Broken ribs. I mean, it was a mess. Um, he survived. Like, we don't know how he survived. Well, I know how he survived. Uh, sure, yeah. But, and he was like, Oh, we have to pray. And he went and pulled people from different offices because he said where two or more are gathered in prayer. And he, it might have been like four of us in that, in my little tiny office. Down yeah, the, the tiny ones, yeah. <laughs> and we all held hands and we prayed. And, and that made me feel good because I've never been at a company where anybody prayed for my family members mm-hmm. and just truly cared mm-hmm. you know and and that made like all the difference in the world and i was only with the company six months at the time yeah so that just really that made me feel good that changes your whole perspective yeah, on things really i mean god family business you know it's just, in that order in that order mm-hmm. yeah and and he he was there he he is he's always there. He's been um, he's always there. I feel like when I was in here, I could always hear him. Mm-hmm. So he was always in my head. Um, there was a time where we had a staff meeting, a staff retreat, and I was going through a really tough time. I was like I was struggling in my role, and I was mm-hmm. having trouble understanding like my why. And 
um, we were kind of going around the table saying something, and I, I said I started to speak, and I just broke down. And we're in Jaina Hickey's house of all uh-huh. places, so I like go out in her backyard because I can't. I don't want everybody to see me like this. Right. And he follows me outside, and I'm thinking, okay, this could either be the best person to follow me outside <laughs> or the worst person. And I remember he just held me and hugged me. And he's, he's that person so that wants lovable. to talk. He's so Yeah, lovable. he is. He really is. And I just thought, you know, him wanting to be in this silence and this, like, bring me this peace in this moment, that was, like, that won me over. I was like, okay, I can deal with you. And it, it's so funny because um, it might have been Easter weekend. It was a good Friday. We were all... Um, which was my birthday weekend. And me, my mom, and my sister, we were out doing a little bit of shopping. And we met up with him and his son at Nordstrom Rack. Oh, my God. I could see Renee at Nordstrom Rack. Yeah, okay. And he gave, hey, Tashia. And he, gave, he introduced his son to me, gave me the biggest hug. He was so friendly with the lady at the cashier. We talked. He talked with my mom. He hugged her. He hugged my sister. And it was just so amazing. And then probably 10 minutes later, he calls me. He said, you know... I was thinking that you were really my friend. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, you let me talk to your mom and your sister. I get in the car and I had some food in my teeth and you didn't even (laughs) tell me. (laughs) He said, oh my God, you didn't even tell me. You you let me go down like that? He said to she, I'm really the tea. I thought we were friends. He's like, that person too. And I giggled so much. I said, like, no, I didn't even notice. He's like, it was big as day in my teeth. I think I, I think he might have said I had a vegetable green or whatever. You let me talk to your mom and your sister. <laughs> he is that person. He's gonna think of something real small and he's gonna say, I need to tell that person that right now. And he's going to call him up and he's going to yell at him on the phone about it. And it's like, dude, I am like at my house just trying to have a good time. I said, I promise I did not see it. He said, how could you have missed it? It was big. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's so funny. I laugh so much. He's so hilarious. I'm going to call him after I get So hilarious. Oh, my God. What a guy. What a guy. Great guy, though. Renee, Renee. Okay, so moving past that. Oh, my gosh. We can't make this about Renee. He's going to hear it and be like, oh, my gosh, everything is about me. I love it. Um, Okay, so I have two more questions for you. My first one is uh, if you could give advice to a brand new agent what would be your number one thing stay the course Mm -hmm. don't don't give up i had moments where i was just like i just want to cry stay the course and just stay the course be consistent whatever your methods are Mm -hmm. be consistent a lot of people do front desks and answer calls. I never did. Mm. I never door knocked. I never, of course, this year you have to be a little bit more creative with the interest rates being yeah. the way it is. But whatever you do, 
just double down on it. Whatever brings you results, double down on it. And that is from JD's mouth. He asked me, he said, what did you do last year? What brought you the most business? And so on social media, he said, well, whatever you did, you have to double down. Mm -hmm. You have to get creative and double down. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm like, like right so close to capping, mm -hmm. like right here, you know. Um, and if I cap. When you cap. When I cap that part I <laughs> when I cap um, it'll be a hundred percent until December 1st yeah so I'm like right there yeah so I'll have like six months what is it like one deal two deals how many before you cap one deal one deal one and you deal. gotta have one under contract right I just I'm working on it I have a couple of listings that's going up next well, week well there you go They'll yeah. go under contract like that. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, listen, one of them has one to, of them. right? <laughs> like in this market, it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy. You, you would think with the interest rates being so high that it would be like, we can't find anyone to buy right. our house. But I, and I'm not in it as much as I used to be, but it doesn't feel that way. No. It still feels like summer of 2020, which was such a crazy time. Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, you weren't here for that, but it was like flying. We couldn't keep house on the market but for 24 thought, hours. <clears throat> well, what it was, everybody was at, ho at home. Mm -hmm. So they started thinking about, if I got to sit home for a while. I'm tired of my kids. I'm sick of them kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, if they wanted something with a pool or needed more room or whatever, they started thinking, like, I'm spending all this time here. We we got to figure out something. I, mm -hmm. I don't want to hear them kids when I'm sitting in this room. Yeah, and the interest rate's just completely yeah. tanked. So it's like, okay, well, I want a bigger house. I might as well go for mm -hmm. it now when my payment's going to be similar right. for me to upgrade, you know? Right. What a crazy time that was. But, I mean, I, I'm still seeing it. Right. I'm still seeing it. Because here's the thing. Even if your interest rate was 8%, when's the last time it, the interest rate was 8%? Like 1997? And right. then before that, it was 14. Right. So, like, what do you want? That is correct. Do you want it to be 8% or do you want it to go back to how it was in it's the old the days? It's the norm now. Yeah. You know? So. I mean. And that's what I tell everybody. It's, this is the norm. Yeah. Let's get used to it. Let's ride it out. And it's still cheaper. Yes, then lease it. Yes, it is. So, because lease, um, rent is going up everywhere. So my son said in California, um, in SAC, for a two-bedroom, two-bath, kind of what he has mm -hmm. now, because he, he purchased his townhome. So in that area, the rent for the two bedroom, two bath is going for like twenty five hundred dollars a month. Twenty five, twenty six. You should see the New York apartments. I mean, eight thousand dollars for a little one bedroom. Nothing. For a corner. For a corner. A corner. Yeah. And they're like great views. Construction. Um, Another building. The wow. view is great if I look up and it's the sky. Yeah, love it. <laughs> the sun is beautiful. <laughs> okay. Last question, because I know we were, you were like, how long is this going to be? So I want to make sure that I keep my promise to you. So last question, what are your dreams and intentions for your life going forward? 
So my dreams and intentions for my life going forward is to, I'm not leaving real estate anytime soon. So um, <laughs> just to sell and change lives, just to change lives. Um, to be a matchmaker, match people with their homes, match people with their dreams, match, and that's my fulfillment. Like and if um, and at the same time fulfilling my goals going forward to mm -hmm. you know owning rental properties and just hopefully I'll have grandkids soon and, you know that's what my parents say too <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he's here with the grandkids though oh I'm yeah way over there yeah I'm working on it you got that. I mean, look, the market's crazy. Like, get in while they. And I was working in a year. Are. I'm not gonna be working a year for no reason. So I got right. some uh, convincing going on. I can steer you in the direction yeah, I need go. you to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, well, I that's it for me. Do you have anything else that you want to add? I mean, anything that you want to say to the people? Now's your time. New agents, trust the process, keep going. Don't stop. It might get a little discouraging because it happens, but stay the course. Mm. It's worth it. It is. It is. And be active. You know, um, yeah, I think sometimes the culture is a little bit intimidating to mm -hmm. some people. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're coming from a workplace that wasn't so friendly. Right. And then people t tend to think like, oh, the culture here is fake or is this. No, it's, you need to use that culture to your advantage. Mm. You know, just work it. You have the support here. Um, Keller Williams training is unmatched. Let's go for it. All great points. It's go time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're interested in buying, selling, or investing in real estate, you can please call Tashia. Talk to Tashia. Hashtag, hashtag Talk to Tashia. Hashtag Talk to Tashia. I got you. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, okay, let's go into the outro here. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Two Story Podcast on behalf of myself and Tashia Lewis, my wonderful guest. Hey. Thank you so much for listening and thank have a good one. Thank you for having me. Of course. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>